game week in Atlanta, which means it's time to talk all things Georgia Tech. Breaks a tackle. Oh, and he's gone. House call. Touchdown. And we're a point after away from being all tied up. We'll hear from Georgia Tech staff and insiders as we gear up for another week of Georgia Tech football. Runs it right. Slams into the end zone. Touchdown, Jackets. On the Georgia Tech Sports Network from Legend Sports. Now here's the voice of the Jackets. Andy Demetra. And a very good evening to you. We have arrived at Rivalry Week for your Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, gearing up for some clean, old-fashioned hate this Saturday in Athens. But, of course, the Yellow Jackets do so on the strength of a huge road-ranked win this past Saturday, defeating number 13 North Carolina in the ACC finale. Can't wait to break that one down and get ready for the newest installment of clean, old-fashioned hate on our last Georgia Tech Coaches Show of the season. And we thank you so much for listening tonight. I'm Andy Demetra, joined throughout the entire hour by Coach Brent Key as we break down that 21-17 win over the ACC Coastal Division champion North Carolina Tar Heels. What a special night in Chapel Hill it was. And let's welcome in the man who orchestrated it all the way through and head coach Brent Key. Coach, good to talk to you tonight. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Just getting ready for the, the next upcoming game. Yeah, I know the focus is uh, squarely on the task at hand, but we do have to go back to Saturday. Uh, you were a player during the largest comeback win in school history, 1998, down 21 versus Virginia. And now you were the head coach of the second largest comeback win in school history, down 17 nothing, late second quarter, on the road versus the number 13 team in the nation, a team that had won six straight. You rip off 21 unanswered points, masterful defensive performance. Seeing the looks on those players' faces on the field, in the locker room afterwards, what did that mean to you? It's just, you know, to see the look on the, the coaches' faces and the players' faces, to to know that all the hard work and all the preparation through the week that they put in, uh, that they, they got the outcome that they desired. And to see all the work that was uh, that was thought out really in, in coming after a, a hard loss for Miami the week prior and to be able to rebound and, and, and stay and stay moving forward and stay with the right frame of mind uh, and to see those guys after the game and see the, you know, the, the, just the joy on their face and how excited they were. It really makes it all worthwhile. And of course you got the power at bath as well from a couple of your guys. That seemed unexpected. Yes, that was, uh, it, it could have been a lot colder out there. Well, you were wearing the short sleeves. Yeah, well, that's, that's when I think a lot of Tech fans knew that uh, North Carolina would be in for a fight when the head coach rocks the, uh, the short sleeve hoodie on a 42-degree night. It's all I have. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if they have anything else. I think Punt forgot to bring the rest of, uh, rest of the gear up there. Uh, in down 17 nothing. It, it would have been easy for a team to fold. And I would ask you what gave you confidence on the sideline that this team would not cave. But I feel like that kind of fighting spirit and resolve that we saw on Saturday is what you've seen from them basically for the last two months. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I, I said after the game that I really didn't know that we were down 17 points. It was 17 nothing, and you know, and I, I didn't. It was it was something that kind of erased from my from my mind as the game goes on. Because even though you you, you tell the kids all the time, you know, you don't look at the scoreboard, don't look at the scoreboard, play one play at a time. As a coach, you have to you have to definitely see the scoreboard and understand you know how many scores you're down or how many scores you're up in order of how you're playing the game. So uh, you know, but. 
the the defense gave up the big long run for the first play, an 80 yard run. But we missed a couple of fits on it, and then you know we, we had driven the ball down and, and missed a field goal. So you're looking at you know a one play seven pointer and then a missed opportunity for us. So in in my mind, you kind of take that back down to a one score game now, you know, as opposed to being what it was. So you, when when you look at it from that standpoint, you, you play the game a little bit differently. It's not as uh, rushed to have to to get the yardage or to get the points. It, it, you you can still play within the the overall uh, makeup of what the plan was originally. So uh, that's the way we went about it. That's the way we continue to play. And you know, thankfully the outcome was the way we wanted it. I know we'll spend plenty of time talking about the quarterback play from Zach Gibson, Tyson Pumachan, but let's start off defensively. Because this North Carolina team was third in the nation in passing offense. They were fifth in total offense. They were averaging 40 points per game, which was 10th nationally. And you hold them way below their averages in all three of their categories. The job that Andrew Thacker and Larry Knight and David Turner and Jason Seymour and Travaris Tillman all did in crafting the game plan. Can you give us some insight into what you guys had schemed defensively to disrupt the North Carolina offense that had been so high-powered all season? Yeah, well, their offense started around their quarterback. <clears throat> you know, he was a uh, – he's accurate. He made great decisions. Uh, very, very dangerous throwing the football. But what really made him special was his ability to get outside the pocket and to make plays not only with his feet but but throwing the ball when he does scramble. So we knew that was the number one thing that we had to to, to focus on. All right, now it goes down comes down to where does he – get the football and obviously Josh Downs is a tremendous receiver I think he had 37 catches in the three previous games he was an ACC record yeah leading up and so we knew we needed to eliminate him so you know just the the job that that Larry and DT did putting together the the plan up front to you know the line games the movement the 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 bull rush techniques to to, to collapse the pocket and then what they did on the back end to take Josh out of the game. So now you kind of play in with one hand behind your back, and then you know you got to your other players. When when you do things like that, there's going to be a lot of other players that are singled up one on one, and they've got to win their one on one matchups, and they did throughout the night. I know they were hoping for this to be a Heisman coronation for Drake May, and he still may land in New York City when it's all said and done. But he came in averaging 341 passing yards per game. He held him to 202. His previous season low was 284. This was the first game all year. He did not throw multiple touchdowns. And, of course, no touchdowns, one interception. 12 TFLs, six sacks. How satisfying was it to watch the game plan be executed to such a high level by your defensive guys and knowing that there was no lapse at any point during the night? Yeah, I mean, it was to see a plan play itself out, it's 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 pretty fun to watch. It's special to watch. But to know how personal those guys on the defense took that, they were trying to make that a Heisman moment. They were trying to make that a Heisman game. And to the fact that they wanted to do it on our defense, I mean, that the, the respect factor that our guys wanted to gain from that was very evident in the way they played. Offensively, you had to lean on essentially your number three and number four quarterbacks, Zach Gibson, Tyson Pumachan, uh, and you guys were very aggressive in rotating them in, in some cases, middle of series. What was the best parts of each of their performances to enable you to get the win? Yeah, well, you know, Tyson and Zach both 
we, we know what their strengths are. We know what their weaknesses are. And that, that's the that's the number one thing you ask any player to understand is what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses. And to be able to build a package and prepare both of those guys during the week and build packages for both of them and to be able to use them complementary, but not just <clears throat> within a series, not just uh, on a rotation by quarter, but to use them throughout sometimes one play in, two plays in, you know, one play out, to use them that way. It was an unbelievable job really by Chris Winkie coming up with the the plan to do that and then the ability to coach those guys through the week and prepare them to use them as their, as their strengths. Had you or, or Chris or Chip ever used two quarterbacks like that in the game, the way you used Tyson and Zach on Saturday? Gosh, I mean, I think everybody's used two quarterbacks at, at some point and had that two-quarterback system, but usually it doesn't it doesn't work out usually there's there's some sort of flaw within it or you know there's one you know they're competing for the for that job or you know there's somebody that's going to be you know happy somebody that's going to be you know not happy with the way it the way it flows and the way it works out but these guys they, they, there was no animosity towards each other there was no competition between each other it was only a competition to see who can to, to see how they get on the field and help us win and so that's what made it really special yeah because they both needed each other uh, what dictated how you used each of them uh, different like down and distance scenarios different places on the field where you knew okay Tyson's going to come on Zach's going to come off or vice versa yeah it was uh, down and distance it was uh field position situational uh there was you know times when we put one of them in to set something else up uh, based on you know kind of the, where we were in the game, uh, you know what situation within situation within the game. So, really, every single thing you could possibly think of was taken into account of how we were playing those guys. Uh, we are just getting started here in the Georgia Tech Coaches Show. We'll delve a lot more into Zach Gibson, Tyson Pumachon, what you saw from them in Chapel Hill. We'll talk about the other performances of the other position groups. It was a collective effort to get that 21-17 win over number 13 North Carolina, and with that. Don't know if you were aware before, maybe afterwards, Coach, this is the first time Tech has gone on the road and beaten consecutive-ranked opponents since 2005. Consecutive-ranked opponents on the road. Pittsburgh, your first game is interim, and then this past Saturday, number 13, North Carolina. Really special way to close out ACC play. Just getting started. Stay with us much more of the Georgia Tech Coaches Show right here on the Georgia Tech Sports Network from Legend Sports. And we're back with breaking news. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. Coke Zero Sugar is a must-try for any Coke fan, so make sure you... Jim. <laughs> Jim. We're on the air. Ooh, yes, this tastes like the best Coke ever to me. Your thoughts, Jen? Well, can I have a sip? <laughs> Jen, we're in the middle of reporting the news. I need to try it first. Hey, Georgia, if you love playing Fantasy Five, you're going to love it even more because we're giving away stacks and stacks and stacks of cash. Now through November 27th, five winners each week will win just by playing Fantasy Five, And the cash stack grows to $10,000. Play online or enter your non-winning Fantasy Five ticket at Fantasy Five. Give Giveaway.com for your chance to be a weekly winner. It all ends November 27th. So play Fantasy 5 during the Stacks of Cash giveaway. Only from the Georgia Lottery. Play responsibly. 
That frosty chill in the air is here to stay. Just make sure that pesky pests like roaches, ants, and rodents aren't trying to join in on the winter fun. This is the time of year when pests and wildlife intruders start seeking food and shelter inside your home or business as the temperatures drop. Luckily, you can trust the pest control experts at Arrow Exterminators to keep your home or business pest-free inside and out. Schedule a free pest inspection today. Call 888-GO-ARROW or visit arrowexterminators.com. Introducing Hella Vienna Lager from Atlanta's own New Realm Brewing Company, the official craft beer of Georgia Tech Athletics. All season long, reach for New Realm's easy-drinking dark lager or New Realm's number one-selling Hazy Like a Fox IPA. And check out their location on the East Side Beltline Trail. Expect great locally sourced food from their on-site scratch kitchen, craft beer brewed in-house, handmade cocktails, plus live music, and much more at 550 Somerset Terrace. Visit NewRealmBrewing.com for more. The latest on Yellow Jackets football. It's the Georgia Tech Coaches Show on the Georgia Tech Sports Network. Fans, there's magic when we cheer together. Let's create some magic with an ice-cold Coke. Cheers. As we welcome you back to clean, old-fashioned, a hate week and a Tuesday night edition of the Georgia Tech Coaches Show. Andy Dantra, Coach Brady with us, continuing to break down that 21-17 win over number 13 North Carolina in the ACC finale. Yellow Jackets finished conference play at a record of 4-4. Four and four. Before the break, Coach, we were talking about Zach and Tyson Pumachan. Zach, 13 of 18, 174 yards. Um, and look, we can be honest about this. Zach has had to weather a lot of abuse this season. Maybe was not put in the best circumstances when he had to come in earlier, but you saw what he was able to do under the lights and under those circumstances in Chapel Hill. What do you want fans to know about Zach Gibson? It's anytime somebody can go through some adversity on the football field and be able to come back and, and, and show the resiliency to, to go out there and not just play the way you play, but just to go out there in general and just to be able to, you know, lace them back up and, and, and buckle your chin strap. I mean, that takes, that takes some courage. I mean, that, it's not an easy thing to do, uh, especially in this day and age. I mean, there's so many external factors that these kids are affected by, you know, from social media to their peers, to, uh, you know, family members, to, you know, teachers, professors, I mean, it, it's everywhere. So that the, the negativity that, that these kids hear all the time, it's so much more than, than we would have been accustomed to or we were used to. So you have to understand that. You have to understand what these kids are going through on a daily a daily basis. And then to be able to con- you just you know, keep his head down and, and push forward and be able to go out there and have some success uh, on Saturday, it was, it was awesome. It, it, was, it was awesome to see. It was awesome to see the smile on his face after the game and uh, really, really excited for him. And then for Tyson to come in, you know, hadn't had a snap in any of the previous 10 games and directing the offense, running his package of plays crisply, smoothly. When you rewatched Tyson's snaps versus North Carolina, what stood out? He, he just his level of comfort back there. He was he was he was comfortable. You you wouldn't you you never would have known that you know he'd not taken a snap all year. He, he was he was comfort, comfortable. He directed the offense. He he was able to manage the game when he was in there, and when his plays were called, he was able to go execute them. But you know, a lot of that comes back to how he was preparing throughout the entire season going against the defense and being the guy that was giving the defense the look and, you know, a credit to the defense for, for how they are that 
you know, how they were playing and how they play in practice, how they practice every day that prepared him to go out there. And the, it, the speed of the game wasn't so fast that he was unaccustomed to it. And, and those guys were doing it without Nate McCollum, who missed the game with an upper body injury. But Malik Rutherford slides in. All he does is get a career high, six catches, 68 yards. Talk about the job that Malik did stepping in for, for, for Nate. Yeah, Lee did a great job. I mean, he's he's such a fun guy to be around. He, he's high energy all the time. Uh, he, he's really good football player, good with the ball in his hand. Uh, you know, for for a small guy, he plays plays a lot bigger than he is. But just the comfort level that our quarterbacks have with that slot receiver that that Nate has been able to excel at this year, and now Malik was able to step in and and, and without skipping a beat. It's it's an easy outlet for that quarterback. You know, whether it's a, a quick screen to him or it's a you know, a, a slant or a bubble or, you know, just a quick throw. It's an, it's an easier way for them to get the ball out of their hands quickly and then in turn take stress off the offensive line as well. This wouldn't have been possible either without the offensive line. Didn't yield a sack to North Carolina. Only four TFLs allowed. Uh, what stood out, the good and the bad, and the in-between about the offensive line? Yeah, early in the game we had some, you know, the way they were fitting the linebackers on some of our zone inside zone runs, you know, with whether the motion or the way the safety was fitting down, we had some, we had three times where the communication of the new spot mic right before the snap that you know we, we were not on the same page with, so we were able to come to the sideline, get it cleaned up, uh, get it cleaned up within kind of the formationally that we were running the plays, and then the guys that were out there playing. So you know that's something we've got to go back and take a strong uh, take a strong look at. We, we we did on Sunday. We spent time uh, understanding why those kind of mistakes happened out there. But the encouraging thing was that they were able to take the correction on the sideline, uh, fix those things, and, and move forward you know, throughout the game. And then as the game wore on in that fourth quarter, being able to run the football uh, to, to wear the clock out. And then we got into the tight red area, and we were able to run the ball into score touchdowns when, when they were much needed. And I want to ask you about red zones, because you had three red zone trips, three touchdowns. We know that's been a season-long Achilles heel, cashing in on those red area trips with touchdowns. Meanwhile, North Carolina, they were converting at a 75% rate of touchdowns in the red zone. That was number 11 nationally. They were one of five in red zone touchdowns Saturday. But your guys offensively, what were you uh, executing at a high level to be able to, to finish off those drives inside the 20 with touchdowns that maybe had been a, a hit or miss earlier this year? Yeah, a couple things. You know, utilizing both quarterbacks, I think, obviously keeps the defense a little bit, you know, guessing playing the guessing game down there even if they see you run the guy on and run them off they're still a little bit you know behind the eight ball and how they're calling the game the second thing is the way we're playing the game overall was really to to shrink the game to to play the time of possession game uh against north carolina to you know for us to increase our opportunity to have the football but also to limit their offense being on the field so we were we were using the clock to our advantage. We were using the clock the entire time, trying to limit it. And then the thing was when we got to the red area, and especially inside the 10-yard line, we wanted to be able to then speed it up and use tempo to really catch them off guard. And and we were able to do that, it, You know, whether it was the third and seven uh, run call that we had where we'd already made the decision prior to go for it on fourth, if it was fourth and four or less. Uh, you know, for the touchdown. And then earlier we, you know, Zach did a tremendous job, had a, you know, saw what the defense was doing, you know, made a blitz check, 
was able to hit, hit a sign uh, on a little angle route across the middle versus you know a, a two trap coverage that they were in, and you know he goes all the way down to I think the you know six yard line, uh, six five yard line something like that. Well, we hit the tempo call you know quickly right away. He gets it down a little further, and uh, you know it was. I think it was probably less than a minute left in the first half, and you're feeling kind of good about yourself. And Hassan, you know, we we, we call the next play ready to go, and you know, utilizing the the tempo to to get in there and score, and knowing if they were able to sub, they were going to bring the big people in and play bare defense. And uh, of course, you look out there, and Hassan is he's gassed. He can he can barely hold on to the football. And <laughs> Coach Ely calls from upstairs. He's like, he almost, the ball was loose in his hand. It almost came out on the last one, and so. We had, I had to slow it down a little bit right there and, and put Tay in for the for the, for the score, but uh, just the utilizing of the tempos uh, and varying the tempos within the, the, those red area trips really helped us out on offense. Yeah, it was great to see Dante find the end zone and Hassan as well. I was just, at long last his first touchdown as a Yellow Jacket, somebody who's been such a threat running the ball, catching out of the backfield to see him get the. Ultimately, game-winning score uh, had to be a special moment for him. Uh, Keon White, he was special all game long on Saturday. And we'd shared some of his story. Garner, North Carolina, he said about 20 minutes outside of Keenan Stadium. North Carolina offered him as a preferred walk-on tight end. And here he is six years later, absolutely a one-man wrecking crew against the Tar Heels. Four TFLs, three sacks. The last Yellow Jacket with a three-sack game was Jeremiah Tauchu in 2013. How did that game demonstrate how destructive Keon is and who he can be at that next level? Yeah, yeah well, I think it starts with during the week of the, the, the plan that, that Larry and DT put together to affect the quarterback. And going into the game, we, we thought this was going to be a game that the D-line was going to make their impact in stats that weren't going to be on, on paper. And they had to press the pocket. They had to bull rush. They had to, you know, hit their line games at the at the right time versus the right protection slide. So they really bought into the plan that, that or he really bought into the plan that he was given and, and went out there and executed at a high level and showed his ability to, to win with speed, to win with power, you know, to cover guys out of the backfield. And, uh, you know, the thing, the thing that really set him off, though, was right before the game, he walks out, uh, was right when we got there. And he walks out of the tunnel and he's looking around, looking around, looking around. He looks at me and goes, hey, coach. And I said, what's up, Keon? And he goes, look, you know, the, you know these people, quotes, people, you know they didn't offer me. I'm like, who? He goes, yeah, UNC, they didn't offer me. I just live 15 minutes down the road. They're going to they're gonna pay tonight. Oh, boy. <laughs> and I've never, I've, I've never heard Keon even remotely talk like that. So to see him go out there and do it, I wasn't surprised after hearing what he said right before the game. Yeah, Keon had a little something extra for the Tar Heels on Saturday, and, and what a way for him to go out in the ACC with four TFLs, three sacks, seven total for the redshirt senior from Garner, North Carolina, and now North Carolina certainly knows who Keon White is. We'll take another timeout. Our final Georgia Tech Coaches Show of the Year with Brent Key, and it continues after this in the Georgia Tech Sports Network from Legend Sports. Here's to the fans who show up for the game, finding their spot, staking their claim, towing the trailers, hauling the gear, a tradition of tailgating that happens each year. And here's to the truck they drive, the four F-150 truck. Power your tailgate like never before with an available ProPower onboard generator. For great offers, see your local Ford dealer today. Not all models, trims, or features may be available. Contact your dealer for more information. 
With the Kroger Plus card, it's easy to get lower than low prices for the win. And for every dollar you spend, you earn fuel points, which can add up to $1 per gallon off of the pump for the win. Plus, save every day on groceries and get personalized digital coupons for the win. The Kroger Plus card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at Kroger.com and start saving. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. One of the toughest jobs in law enforcement is telling a family that a loved one has been killed by a drunk driver. That's why Georgia law enforcement works every day to keep drunk drivers off the road. Every DUI arrest could be one less family to lose someone to drunk driving. You can help. Hand the keys to a designated driver or call a ride service. It saves lives and prevents a costly DUI arrest. Drive sober or get pulled over. Brought to you by the Governor's Office of Highway Safety. Glory isn't given. It takes hard work. It takes hustle. Only then do we see the results begin to stack and the swarm start to stir. He dives for the end zone and he gets in! When we rally the swarm, we become something much bigger than any single one of us. A program built on the belief that success is measured by showing up, digging deep, bouncing back, being part of something bigger than ourselves. Touchdown, Jackets! For tickets and more info, visit ramblinwreck.com. Georgia Tech football continues to buzz. Now more of the Georgia Tech Coaches Show on the Georgia Tech Sports Network. High noon this Saturday in Athens, your Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets take the field for the final time in 2022 for some clean, old-fashioned hate. Looking forward to what uh, this Saturday holds, especially following that win over number 13 North Carolina this past Saturday. To the Georgia Tech Coaches Show, I'm Andy Demetra. He is Brent Key. We continue to discuss what happened in Keenan Stadium on Saturday, that 21-17 win over North Carolina, second largest comeback win in school history. Drake May, we'd given some of the numbers that you had held him to. One number that we didn't give was that he had gone 195 consecutive pass attempts without an interception until LaMiles Brooks picked him off in the second half. What did LaMiles read well that put him in the position to make that interception? Yeah, I really hate that for Drake. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm heartbroken that that ended up happening. But, you know, it's just something that, that we see from LaMiles, you know, over and over again. It's, it's just his anticipation, his, you know, recognition of, you know, patterns, recognition of, of formations, recognition of plays that are that are going to occur. You can't say enough about his preparation during the week that allows him to be able to make those plays. Is this a guy that you had started recruiting, you told me, in ninth grade? Yeah, I mean, he was. <laughs> so I'd gone and watched spring practice down at uh, Trinity, Jacksonville Trinity, and uh, with a coach who you know, I'm friends with down there said, Hey, Key, you know, those two guys over there, they're going to be the next really, really good ones here. And I looked around and I said, that skinny kid? I mean, I think he was about 142 pounds, maybe. About six, you know, 5'11", six foot tall, about 140 pounds, 142 pounds. And uh, I said, well, let's have him come up to camp. And so he came up to camp in Tuscaloosa, and we, we worked him out and went through the whole gamut with him. And uh, then kind of fast forward, you know, uh, you know a couple of years, and it's – you know, I get here and he's going in and getting ready to go into his senior year. And you know, I had been recruiting him over there at that at, uh, at Alabama, and he was one of the first players that came on campus here for a junior day. And he's, you know, the character of him, him and his family, and you know, academics are extremely important to him and uh, ability to play. And he wanted to be a part of something special and be a part of a, a special place. And uh, you know, I do not disagree with his 
with his choice, and I'm extremely happy that he made it. Yeah, no question. Uh, I think North Carolina less enthused about that decision from Saturday. Three interceptions this year for LaMiles, and he was part of a secondary Saturday that held Josh Downs to just three catches, 31 yards. You had said earlier in the program, he had set an ACC record for most receptions in a three-game span heading into the game, 37. He was in the top five nationally in receiving yards per game. How did you try to scheme him out of the ball game? Which is not an easy thing to do. No, it's not because they put him in a lot of different spots. They put him at number three in their three-by-one sets. They put him in the slot in two-by-two. They put him out at one. You know, they actually you know, showed something a little different in this game. They put him into the boundary at the X receiver. They put him in the backfield. They motion him. Uh, they do all sorts of things with him to create that matchup and, you know, to get him open. Well, you know, the plan that, that Thack had, had put together was was tremendous. I mean, if he, wherever he was aligned, he was always going to have two people over the top of him or on either side of him, sometimes three. And whether it was a underneath over-the-top coverage aspect, whether it was a man with somebody, you know, man coverage with somebody over the top, you know, a bracket coverage with somebody from the inside, somebody from the outside, and, or just a, a straight, you know, zone coverage with somebody manning him up along the way. There was always two people on him. So, the, you know, we, we wanted to be able to frustrate him early uh, in the game. Uh, wanted to be able to frustrate the quarterback by not being able to get the ball to him. As that kind of started to unfold, the plan started unfolding. We knew that there would be some some angst and some uh, and some frustration on their side of the football, and that's what we were trying to create so that, you know, if an opportunity did come for a play to be made, that hopefully the frustration would lead to play not being made. I saw Miles Sims was mashed up on downs at the line quite often. Who are some of the other guys in the defensive backfield who graded out well Saturday? Yeah, well, I mean, all of them had their opportunities to, to be matched up with them. There was, uh, you know, you know, KJ had, you know, playing playing the, the, the nickel slot was, uh, you know, a lot of times KJ was in that position. Uh, LaMiles was in that position. Uh, you know, Zamari, Spider, there were, all of them had their opportunity. Uh, D.A., and even Charlie at times, you know, there were times he was involved in the coverage aspect over him. So everyone had their, their fair share of uh, opportunities with him. Well, you know, going back to Drake May, you talked about wanting to compress the B-gaps, uh, that that was something that Larry had identified in film. Why did you and Larry and, and David Turner think that could be effective in throwing off Drake May? Yeah, well, I mean, that, that was all uh, DT and Larry. They they, they had a, a good plan, and then, then Boogie, along with some of the, the, the linebacker stunts that were involved with it. <clears throat> but they just, you know, they, they, they watched the tape. They analyzed where where he was effective, you know, when he did get off of his spot, when he had to step up, and then where it was ineffective. So, you know, it's kind of a simple game when you look at it like that, that you know, where he is the most effective, we got to take that away. He had some scramble yards uh, early in the ball game, but that seemed to go away. I don't know if he was maybe shaken by, by some of the hits he had taken on the sacks or if there were some adjustments in – uh, the protection up front that caused him to not seek out the scrambles as actively as the game went on. How, how did you see that? So the scrambles, you know, we, we knew that they were going to occur at times. Uh, you know, there was going to be a time where he found a window or you know, somebody got hemmed up inside and, uh, and, he, and he was able to move. But we figured that if we could accumulate the body blows on him when he did scramble and then when we did have a chance to get to him in the, in the pocket and if we were having success, then – he would know that you know a 15-yard scramble run was not going to win the game for him, so that would then force him to sit back in the pocket and allow the the pressure to continue to get to him. Uh, the thing we were able to take away were the quarterback draws that they've been so effective with. Uh, you know, in, in going into the game, we we knew that they wanted to throw the football. 
and regardless of how they did run it or when they were going to run it, they were going to limit them, their running running opportunities in order to throw it. So you know, the, the scrambles were there, and they you were able to give them in favorable, favorable field position a couple of times, but we knew that's not how they were going to want to win the game, and, and we stuck to the plan, and we made a couple of adjustments and fixed uh, fixed the things where he did break contain and were able to have success you know, in the second half. With yeah, because Drake May also led North Carolina in rushing yards, but that number was below his average, as was pretty much every other stat by which you measure a QB on Saturday. Uh, like we said, virtuoso defensive performance for the Yellow Jackets to close the book on ACC play. And of course, that leaves one game left on Georgia Tech's schedule. You know who it is, and it's coming on Saturday for a noon kickoff. We'll continue the conversation with Coach Brent Key in just a moment. It's the Georgia Tech Coaches Show on the Georgia Tech Sports Network from Legend Sports. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts. It's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season, make this December one to remember together. See your Atlanta area Lexus dealer. Apartments.com has the most pet-friendly listings and realistic virtual tours. Now... We're taking it one step further by testing a cutting-edge new feature, virtual reality tours for pets. We'll just strap this headset onto sprinkles here. Hold still, kitty. Hey, uh, Oh, he's running muck. Uh-oh, uh-oh. I don't think he likes this, sir. Yeah, get the things off the kitty. Virtually tour pet-friendly listings on apartments.com. The place to find a place. Georgia is our home. That's why at Georgia Power, we're building the future of energy. Over the last decade, we've invested nearly $10 billion to strengthen the electric grid, installing new substations, upgrading transformers, moving power lines underground, and investing in cleaner energy. We're making the electric grid more resilient and reliable for you and for future generations. At Georgia Power, we know that making smart investments today prepares us to meet our customers' needs tomorrow. Hey, Georgia, if you love playing Fantasy Five, you're going to love it even more because we're giving away stacks and stacks and stacks of cash. Now through November 27th, five winners each week will win just by playing Fantasy Five, And the cash stack grows to $10,000. Play online or enter your non-winning Fantasy Five ticket at FantasyFiveGiveaway.com for your chance to be a weekly winner. It all ends November 27th. So play Fantasy Five during the Stacks of Cash giveaway only from the Georgia Lottery. Play responsibly. There's no better source on Georgia Tech football than our team of Yellow Jacket Insiders. This is the Georgia Tech Coaches Show on the Georgia Tech Sports Network. Yellow Jacket fans, be sure to visit georgiapower.com slash community to learn new ways to stay connected. Georgia Power, the official energy sponsor of Georgia Tech Athletics, Power on Georgia. And the eyes of the state of Georgia will be on the matchup this Saturday in Athens. Tommy Slather at noon between your Yellow Jackets and the Bulldogs. Georgia Tech 4-4 four four, uh, on ACC play with the win over number 13 North Carolina on Saturday. Just a couple of uh, last questions to kind of tie a bow on what we saw in Chapel Hill. Coach Charlie Thomas, A.C. Lee, both got their share of tackles Saturday. That both gives them 100-plus on the year. 
First Georgia Tech teammates with 100-plus tackles in the same season since 2003. I know that you take a holistic approach to the game of football, but you're an offensive lineman, so you probably see things more through the lens of an offensive guy. What makes those two such a handful to deal with as you're trying to game plan an offense? Yeah, well, they're, <clears throat> they're a great tandem because – they play so well, so well off of each other. You know, they, they know where the other one's going to be. They communicate extremely well you know, with each other without even having, having to say anything. Uh, and, and they're different players. They're different types of players. You know, they, 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 their strengths and weaknesses are totally different. Uh, but both of them have instincts that are uncanny at that position. So to be able to, be able to use those guys both in different ways uh, because of their abilities, it, you know, really gives us an advantage on the defensive side of the football, and you know the way they prepare, the way they they work during the week, the way they carry themselves, the, the leadership that they bring to the team. All those things are, are you know such such you know high level off the chart attributes. Larry calls it FBI football intelligence. Uh, how has it been for you seeing Ace share his final season of college football with his dad, Donald Hill Ely, who's now leading the running backs? Yeah, Don's been been great. Uh, you know, for more than just, you know, as a coach on the field, but just, you know, a man that's coached for, you know, for such a long time and been a head coach and, uh, you know, had a lot of similar uh, situations has come up have come up in his career and you know just to get really good sounding board for me uh, you know good advice you know, really good with game day management and, you know working through things and you know learning you know in depth you know on the spots you know some of those aspects of the game that that, that are that that come up I mean just been been really tremendous for for, for not only myself but but everyone in the organization yeah because he's the only guy on your staff who's been a head coach uh, at the Division One level Alabama State Morgan State so I imagine he's been a pretty trusted sounding board for you yeah he has he's uh just sometimes when you know <laughs> advice uh sometimes just to just to talk to when when you're frustrated about something or have an issue that's come up and you, you just need somebody to talk to and then he his his ability to reach the kids is is uh is fantastic i mean he can he can talk to you know all sorts of guys on the team and be able to get into their heads and really help them, whether from a, from a leadership standpoint or motivation standpoint or you know discipline standpoint. He's been he's been really really uh, he's been great to have around. Yeah, I love what he told me earlier this year on the show. You know, leading the running backs. I said, you know, is, is it a weird dynamic when you know in practice you're leading your running backs and you see your son on the other side of the line and he goes, look, during practice, that's not my son, that's number two. And so he's a coach through and through. He knows how to separate the two, uh, the two roles. Uh, Daquan Dallas, another game with a sack, another disruptive effort by the redshirt sophomore. How have you seen him grow over the course of this season? His future seems really bright. Yeah, it is. We've talked about him before. He's, he's just such a good football player. He's, he plays the game the right way. And he's not the only one, but just you, know, you watch him play. <laughs> From the start of the game to the finish, you know, the way he practices, you know, my gosh, just even going through a walkthrough. I mean, he, he is a bowling ball of razor blades when, when he's a, when he's there on that side of the ball. And, I mean, his quickness, his pad level, uh, you know, his motor that doesn't stop. He's, he's really become a good football player for us. Uh, give me a second here. I'm going to write down bowling ball of razor blades because I think that's uh, the new nickname for Daquan Dallas. That's fantastic. Uh, who are some of the other unsung guys, offense and defense, special teams as well, uh, against North Carolina, maybe names that we haven't shouted out yet? Uh, you know, 
trying to think. Let's go through the offense. I feel like Dylan Leonard had some good moments. Yeah, Dylan, he's done a good job blocking, uh, you know, you know, getting, you know, in, he didn't, there wasn't really an opportunity for the, for the football uh, much for him the other night. Uh, you know, Luke Benson's another guy that's just been steady, you know, with, with some of the things we ask him to do from that, from that position. Uh, you know, Jamie Felix is, you know, starting to emerge himself as, as a guy in the rotation at the running backs. I'll tell you who was unsung on Saturday was Malachi Carter. Had that 40-yard reverse and then jumping on Jamie's fumble. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't consider him unsung. I mean, my gosh, no. he's, one of the, he's one of the leaders. I think he's played more football here than anybody. So That's true. I mean, Malley has done – I mean, he's – He's done. He's done a great job. I mean, the reverse he took, and then you know, like you said, jumping on the the loose ball, which was on the ground, which is unacceptable, by the way, and will be uh, has been addressed and will be corrected. Uh, you know, defensively, you know, you know, Derek Allen was able to come in the game when some people went down. Uh, you know, Sylvain. I mean, my goodness, the the impact he has on the game when he's in there. That that maybe you don't hear his name called, but just the impact that he brings. Um, you know, Zeke Biggers is another one that's starting to. Starting to you know get in there and, and not just be in there and make some play. Horace Lockett, I mean Horace, you know he's going to be a phenomenal football player for us, and you know he's starting to get his his feet wet out there along with some of these other true freshmen. Uh, Jason Moore, yeah, JMO was uh, JMO got him another sack out there. So uh, you know just a steady Eddie type player. Um, he might set the NCAA record for most career sacks by somebody who's a nuclear and radiological engineering major. I, I can't even spell that, and I went here. Uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, he's he's awesome. You know what, what Joe Fusile's done on the punt team of being able to, to captain the punt team and uh, you know be in the shield and you know is that was put together on, on, on such short notice. Uh, you know, through this season, J-Mo is on that team as well. Um, that this really helps solidify that portion of it. Uh, you know, guys on special teams. You know, our core. We have a really core group of special teams guys that you know they are you know, really sticking together and 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 working and covering the way they've covered kicks. I mean, Caleb Edwards. Caleb Edwards is you know Rodney Shelley. Um, Ooh, Rodney made that over-the-shoulder catch on the punts. Oh, what, a, what a good adjustment by uh, by Boogie and by JB. I mean, they the the way that you know the the ball was being sprayed. Um, you know, it's a rugby-style kick, but a low-line drive going both ways. I mean, some of these punters are they're outstanding what they can do with the football, and just to put you at such a disadvantage as, as a returner. And uh, you know, Jamal stepped in there for uh, for Nate in the game and you know he's fearless when he goes to catch and he had the one that was uh that was about 12 14 yards in front of him that he sprinted up on and it you know went through his hands and he got on it right away uh then they're spraying the ball and you know rodney able to you know they put a scheme in where he falls back and becomes the extra guy back there in order to keep the ball from from moving around and you know losing field position he probably saved us about 20 yards of field position by making that play yeah, it was a heck of an effort, and sometimes it's the splash plays that you naturally see the most, but there are a lot of other small plays that make the difference between a win and a loss, and Georgia Tech, as a result, hands into the rivalry finale with a win over North Carolina. We will break down that matchup versus the Bulldogs, get some closing thoughts from Brent Key in just a moment as we wrap up our season-ending edition of the Georgia Tech Coaches Show right here on the Georgia Tech Sports Network from Legend Sports. 
My family and I love watching Georgia Tech football. Though it's hard to choose between the big screen at home and the excitement of being in the stands. Either way, Scana Energy's part of the action as a proud partner of Georgia Tech. So join Scana and my family in cheering on the Yellow Jackets this season. Sign up with Scana today and get up to $100. Call 877-GO-SCANA or visit scanaenergy.com slash jackets for details. Limited time offer terms and conditions apply. Introducing Hella Vienna Lager from Atlanta's own New Realm Brewing Company, the official craft beer of Georgia Tech Athletics. All season long, reach for New Realm's easy-drinking dark lager or New Realm's number one-selling Hazy Like a Fox IPA. And check out their location on the East Side Beltline Trail. Expect great locally sourced food from their on-site scratch kitchen, craft beer brewed in-house, handmade cocktails, plus live music, and much more at 550 Somerset Terrace. Visit NewRealmBrewing.com for more. One of the toughest jobs in law enforcement is telling a family that a loved one has been killed by a drunk driver. That's why Georgia law enforcement works every day to keep drunk drivers off the road. Every DUI arrest could be one less family to lose someone to drunk driving. You can help. Hand the keys to a designated driver or call a ride service. It saves lives and prevents a costly DUI arrest. Drive sober or get pulled over. Brought to you by the Governor's Office of Highway Safety. Glory isn't given. It takes hard work. It takes hustle. Only then do we see the results begin to stack and the swarm start to stir. He dies for the end zone and he gets in! When we rally the swarm, we become something much bigger than any single one of us. A program built on the belief that success is measured by showing up, digging deep, bouncing back, being part of something bigger than ourselves. Touchdown, Jackets! For tickets and more info, visit RamblinWreck.com. The latest on Yellow Jackets football. It's the Georgia Tech Coaches Show on the Georgia Tech Sports Network. Well, the countdown has never ceased, but it is officially on to Georgia Tech and Georgia. Tommy Slather at noon on Saturday in Athens as we close the book on the 2022 season with two road wins over ranked opponents. Why not? Finished one off with a third and one that would send shockwaves around college football. And with the way Georgia Tech played in Chapel Hill, it gives them a lot of confidence, a lot of momentum as they begin their preparation for the regular season finale. You know, Coach, uh, it's been a season, and, and you acknowledged this in your, your post-game interview with television. The, the players and the coaches, they've been through so much this year. But just the resolve and the accountability that the players have had through this entire season – to allow you to have the result like you had on Saturday, uh, you just have to take an immense amount of pride with what this team has shown from an intangible standpoint throughout this season. Yeah, I'm extremely proud of them. I mean, what they've you know been through and overcome, and I, I kind of touched on it in the in the post game, but didn't really want to go any further. But you know, to you know go through the situations and the things that have occurred, uh, you know, here within the football program, and but understanding that it, that it, it's football and it's. You know, there, there's there's the game of life that's much bigger, and when you when you look what has taken place, you know, in in, in our country in our conference, you know, at, at UVA a couple of weeks ago, and you know, that's adversity, that that's tragedy, that is the utmost most tragic thing that you could ever imagine as as sitting here as the head coach that, you know, I, I can't even fathom, you know, what they're going through, and our hearts are are, are so out to to the whole UVA community and. Uh, and you know the their athletic association and their football team and and, and coach Elliott and uh, just anything that they would ever need we're we're here for them and you know, you know, 
when, when something of that magnitude occurs, you know, you can really take your own situation and look at it and say, you know, it's probably not what I thought it was. You know, our adversity is in a football program really pales in comparison to the, to the real world. So now you can take that and, and really pare it back down and say, hey, we get the opportunity to play football on Saturdays. And when we have that opportunity, we need to go play as hard as we can and play as you know, disciplined as we can and play for, for 60 minutes of the game because you know, the, the game's only going to be here for so long. You never know when you're not going to be able to play again. It, adversity reveals character. Uh, it introduces yourself to you. Uh, just the leadership that you've had throughout this year from your upperclassmen. I, I know that the success that you've had beginning with the Pittsburgh game wouldn't have been possible without sort of the mutual accountability that I'm sure you've seen from your players uh, in the locker room. Just what, what's it been like to coach this group of kids? It's, it's been tremendous. It, this, I'll remember this group of guys for the rest of my life. And it's, it's a special, special group uh, to be able to coach. And from the first day I stood in front of them and uh, told them that I wanted them to have ownership in what we were going to do. And with ownership comes you know, the responsibility and accountability that goes along with it. And if they were going to have ownership in this and have say in, in what we do and you know how we do things, they were going to have to be responsible for their actions within it. And, you know, since that day, they've done it every single uh, opportunity they've had. I've done it every single day, week, uh, and throughout towards the end of the season. Just There's been no splintering. It's really remarkable uh, under circumstances like this to see guys still be so unified, to still be so focused uh, and disciplined and, and dedicated to the details throughout the week. When I mean, you, you're, you're realistic. These are young kids. It's so easy and so tempting for them to kind of let go of that rope. You can probably speak better than anybody else in this. That has never been the case these last two months. No, not at all. I mean, yeah, we're, we're out there playing football, and you know, anybody can use any given event as, a, as an excuse to do their own way. I mean, you know, it's hard to even verbalize it or to imagine it because you – know, we're here at Georgia Tech, and, and these kids have an opportunity to play at Georgia Tech, and they're playing for Georgia Tech. And you know, whatever has occurred, whatever you know, bumps and uh, ups and downs that that, that, have, that have happened, they're still wearing the GT on their chest. They're still wearing the GT on the side of their helmet, and and they still have their name on the back. And that's what you and that's what they're playing for. And, and I don't see that stopping. All right, Coach. You know what's left? Clean old-fashioned hate. Uh, your recollections from your playing days. You're part of that 51-48 game, were you not? Uh, yes. So I'm guessing that's the most vivid of uh, your recollections? Uh, I've got a lot of vivid ones. Okay. Any you want to share? Any that are not safe for work that we got to leave on the sidelines here? No, I mean, it's, it's, it's a tremendous game. <clears throat> it's a tremendous game for our guys to be able to play against, uh, you know, an, an in, you know, in-state opponent. Uh, you know, not for, you know, an hour away from them. And, you know, a lot of these guys, they all went to high school together. They grew up playing, you know, against each other. So to be able to have that, uh, that, that culminate at the end of the se- end of the regular season, uh, it's a special time. And it's a special time for our alumni. It's a special time for our fans. <clears throat> it's a, it's a special game. It's a game that, you know, being a part of as a player, uh, it, it's, it, it means something. It means something else. You know, and I'm not going to sit here and say it's just another game. It's the next game on the schedule. It's not. It's not just the next game. This is, this is, this is the Georgia game. This is Georgia-Georgia Tech. And, uh, you know, Georgia Tech is, is, 
I don't I don't want to get too emotional because I got to keep emotions out of this as, as you as you as we're in the the week of planning, but. You know, this needs to be something special to these guys. This needs to mean more to these guys. And this game will mean more to these guys. And we have to go out there and, and, and play the way we're capable of playing. And we need to go out there and attack this game no different than we did the North Carolina game, no different than we have other games, and play as hard as we can and play as clean as we can and play as disciplined as we can. And our guys know what it takes to win. They know what it takes to win now. So why do anything different than what it takes to win? So that, that's what they have to do. And, and the coaching staff come up with a really good plan. And then go out there and understand that this this game is a little something more. This is bragging rights. This is bragging rights in the state. This is bragging rights at, at, at the family at the family dinners. This is bragging rights at your uh, family reunions. Uh, so it, it's it's time to it's time to get this game where it needs to be. Well, if you don't have goosebumps after hearing that sermon, I don't know what's wrong what's wrong with you. Uh, you got a final message here, uh, last minute or so of the program, last show of the year. Uh, just a, a message you'd like to give to uh, to Georgia Tech fans who have stuck with this team, stuck with you, stuck with these players throughout the uh, the ups and downs and ebbs and flows of this season. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's Georgia Tech. That's what Georgia Tech is. Uh, that's who Georgia Tech is. That's why it's a special place. Uh, the the fans, the alumni, uh, the the people on the streets that have have become fans. Uh, you know, it's a special group of people. It's a special group of people because you. We're, we're like-minded in, in what our beliefs are and the way we see things. And, uh, you know, I just I, I can't thank everyone enough. I can't thank the, the fans enough and the, the alumni and, and, and these kids and these coaches for, for this season we've had. Now, one last time we get to do it together and put total leather in Athens, 12 p.m. this Saturday. Can't wait for clean, old-fashioned hate, and we can't wait to see you on the sidelines as well. Coach Branke, uh it's been really a lot of fun uh, catching up with you and, and getting your insights on this program uh, under the circumstances, remarkable job. We can't wait to see it end uh, one last time in Athens for you in this season. Thanks so much for joining us. All right, go Jackets and to hell with Georgia. Oh, you knew that was coming. He's Brent Key. I'm Andy Demetra. We'll see you on Saturday. Thanks for listening to the Georgia Tech Coaches Show. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember. Together. See your Atlanta-area Lexus dealer. Georgia is our home. That's why at Georgia Power, we're building the future of energy. Over the last decade, we've invested nearly $10 billion to strengthen the electric grid, installing new substations, upgrading transformers, moving power lines underground, and investing in cleaner energy. We're making the electric grid more resilient and reliable for you and for future generations. At Georgia Power, we know that making smart investments today prepares us to meet our customers' needs tomorrow. Attention plumbers, pipe fitters, and HVACR technicians in Atlanta. If you're not making over $51 an hour total package, this message is for you. The United Association of Plumbers, Pipe Fitters, and HVACR Technicians Local 72 has immediate opportunities in Metro Atlanta. Top-level pay, excellent benefits in retirement, long-term projects, and safe working conditions. Contractors are hiring right now. Call 404-373-5778 or visit UA72.org and click join us. 
And we're back with breaking news. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. Coke Zero Sugar is a must-try for any Coke fan, so make sure you... Jim. <laughs> Jim. We're on the air. Ooh, yes, this tastes like the best Coke ever to me. Your thoughts, Jen? Well, can I have a sip? <laughs> Jen, we're in the middle of reporting the news. I need to try it first. You've been listening to the Georgia Tech Coaches Show, live on the Georgia Tech Sports Network from Legend Sports. Join us each week of the season to get the latest on Yellow Jackets football and all things Georgia Tech athletics. We'll talk to you again next week right here on the Georgia Tech Sports Network.